Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome, Ed, Nathan. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. We're glad you're back. Is this episode 94? No, 91. 91. 91. Don't, 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 say that? don't hurry up. No, I didn't say it to the people. Okay, I didn't know. But you just did. All right. But you jumped, you, you jumped a few. This is episode 91. One. You're jumping ahead <laughs> a little bit. Ed, I think you should plan something for our 100th episode. Okay. <laughs> that was underwhelming. That was, was a bad choice. It's going to be a bad episode. <laughs> why? Why should I be the one? According to Ed, we'll have it on episode ninety-seven. <laughs> I don't know. We should have some. We should cake of balloons or some. Definitely food. I am all definitely for food. That. You know me a long time. How many times yeah. have I brought balloons? All right, if you remind me, I will. I will make us a cake, and I will bring. I us think a cake. Joel should make us a cake. I know. I don't. I will bring us a cake. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I Absolutely Joel, not. Joel's highly offended. You don't want to eat his. I, cake. Joel's highly no, offended by most things I say. <laughs> that's right. And that's okay. <laughs> See, he's offended right he's now. He's offended that, that I said he's highly offended. offended by most things. Joel. He's lowly offended by many things. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, we're need, back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, just going to... I'm going to say something no, else, Ed? I do, but I'm not going to. You want to get us mm-mm. off the tracks again? I, the, I'm driving this bus here. <laughs> I don't drive. You remember how I <laughs> keeping the bus on the road? Keep it going. You know, it's all, it's all that they, they pay me to do here. <laughs> so, you know, they don't even pay me in cake. So... <laughs> Okay. You can get paid in Joel's cake. (laughs) Ah, I'd rather not get paid at all. That's right. Okay. We are continuing a discussion we cut off last week. Man, we never really cut it off. We just decided to quit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we, we had thought we'd had enough. We'd had enough, and the, y'all had had enough, That's I guarantee right. you. Uh, we're talking about this book that Ed found that we all found fascinating called How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball. Yep. And uh, so you can check that book out if you want to. But uh, we're sort of unpacking some of the ideas in that book because we think it's so important um, in our day and age because the Bible has been misunderstood, misread. It's being weaponized. Weaponized against itself. Yep. So um, let's continue that discussion on some other things that we think are important for people to keep in mind as they read the Bible. So I think, again, before we get into all the different kinds of specific things we want to talk about, like anti-scientific and all of those things that we listed last time, I think it's really important we go back to this idea, never read a verse or never read a Bible verse, and we talk about how you should read it. Okay. Because typically in our world, it is... So we said last time it's not written to you, but it is for, for you. you. Yeah. That's important. So you've got to understand it was written to a group of people, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So when somebody gives you a Bible verse, how would you guys start with that? Somebody, And, and I know all of us sort of do this yeah. naturally because we've been trained in it. Sure. Somebody says to me, what does a Bible verse mean? If I don't know the, it immediately, I look it up, and what am I looking for? Mm-hmm. Well, when people come to me with that, I, I typically will say, well, you know, where is this, where is this found? Right. (laughs) Where did you get this? If I don't have a reference and I'm look, you know, looking at the broader book that it was taken out of, because it does matter whether this book, this verse came out of the book of, uh, first Peter or the Proverbs, you know what I mean? That's right. Because those are completely different genres of books. So I'm looking at what book did this come out of? Because because honestly, if it came out of Proverbs, I'm certainly not going to take it as literal as I might take some coming yeah. out of somewhere else. Because 
we all know the Proverbs are written as life principles. That's right. In fact, They're this, not is, inter- promises. this yes. is interesting. People may not know this, but you can find Proverbs within the same book that actually contradict one yeah, another. that's right. Because they're not trying to teach literal uh, guidelines. They're teaching life principles that are generally true for you to think about. So, long story, I would start there and say, well, what book is this found? What sure. is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? Uh, and then just start narrowing down from there for me. Yeah, me I think too. That's good. And um, you know, and then once once you do that, then and I do this almost always. Whenever you know I see a verse reference and I look it up, I, I never um, like I have a website uh, that I use to look up Bible verses, and I type in. I never put the verse. I always put the chapter. Like if the if the verse was Matthew, you know, two verse thirteen. Oh yeah. I always put it in Matthew two. So I can read the whole chapter. And then I scroll through the whole chapter and I go, Oh, okay, so before this, this is what Jesus was doing. And here's what happened. This is the story that it came out of. Yeah. And now this is the exact verse. So that I can start getting my perspective on where where this thing falls. Yeah. And then <laughs> once I've gotten that I'll try to read the, the if not the, what we called in Bible college, the pericope. You remember that word? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I know the word. really just means paragraph or section, Right. Yeah. but that's a fancy that's Bible college word. That's what I had thought of in a long time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what my professor used to Turn to pericope number My whatever. professor called it the pericope. Pericope. Now, my, my, He's professor from Missouri, would, so. my professor would probably yell at me if I'd done that. But anyway, I look at the section, and, and in, you know, our Bibles today really try to section off stories. Like it'll say, you know, here's a story of Jesus and the rich young ruler. And they'll give you that sort of, uh, and then there's several paragraphs in that. And here's the story of Jesus and healing this person. Right. And, and so you kind of take it in that uh, segment as well. And then again, just start and, big and narrow. And then I, I for me again, I want to know all of those things. Mm-hmm. I want to know what translation your reverse was. I want to look in other translations mm-hmm. Definitely. and see. Or, you know, we, we know a little bit about Greek, but I don't think you even have to know anything about Greek. If no. you look at mm-hmm. enough different translations, That's right. you can sort of figure out where it's going. Uh, I want to know who's talking. Yeah, I want to. I want to know <laughs> who are they talking to. Who are they talking to? What's the purpose that they're writing? All of that kind of stuff, because all of that's really important. It's why we say you can't just read a Bible verse. And I thought Dan Kimball in his book he gave a really good illustration of this that I thought, you know, even if you're not a Bible person, if you're a Star Wars person, you might appreciate his <laughs> thing. He is. He's a Star Wars guy, and so he uses a Star Wars illustration. And it's this, it's this line. Here's the line he says. Uh, this is one line, so it'd be like a verse. He says, the, the line is, just once, let me look on you with my own eyes. Now, that's I know exactly a, where that came from. That's the kind, of, kind of thing that, man, it would sound really good. You could print that up, and it could almost be one of those things you write to somebody you love. Romantic you put it, thing. It's a romantic yeah. kind of thing. You can print it on a T-shirt, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But if you don't know the context of it, you could make a whole story up mm-hmm. and really do violence to the overall story of Star Wars. Yes. Right? And not understand that that particular verse is a key line for the overall arc of the whole story. Mm-hmm. Once somebody says to you, okay, that ver- that that line is said by... 
Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you're not well, a Star Wars person, you don't know who that is. It was he was still Darth Vader. At he the was time. still right. yeah. He was Darth well, he Vader. Made the turn at that point. That well, was yeah. the turn. That's when, the point of it, that line. When he takes the helmet off, is no, that when it's it when happens? He picks up Palpatine and throws him in the thing. Well, so see, now, there's, there, there could be Palpatine's you know. first name is Sheev, by the way. So in case you want to know that, <laughs> all right, all right. So now we've gotten two geeks over here to the yeah. side that have gotten this. So we could have a debate on at what moment did right. Darth Vader become Anakin again? That's right. Okay, well, that's yeah. right. Like the debates that some people want to have with me. Does a person become a Christian the moment they believe in Jesus, right. or the mm. moment they confess Jesus? Because the Bible says confess. But then there are other people that you and I used to be around. It goes it doesn't matter when they believe or when. They confess is when they're in the water. So, but, is it when their toes in the water, or yeah, when they're how much water? The real you know? question is why. If you watch it on Disney Plus, when you see the Force Ghost of Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, is it the Hayden Christensen version of Aiden, Anakin Skywalker? Because Luke wouldn't recognize him. So Luke looks at Obi Wan Kenobi as a young man that he never seen before. He just met the old man. He looks at Yoda, which he did recognize, and then there's this dude that's his dad, but he's like a all teenager. Right, okay, all right. That's now, what's really Needs We've to be really taken about. this illustration and gotten away from our original <laughs> just point. Saying it's bizarre. The original point was: it is if you read this thing just once, let me look yeah. in your own eyes, and you don't know who said it, you don't know who they said it to, you don't know where it comes in the story. But when you understand Anakin, who's Darth Vader, right. you know right. the whole thing. He's dying. He's had his head in the lap of his son we now know, who's yeah. Luke Skywalker, and he's saying to Luke. So do we say spoiler alert at any point? No. My God, if you have not seen <laughs> Star Wars and you care right now, I don't know how to help you. I'm kidding. I'm that kidding. movie came out when I was just getting out of high school. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying. I know. Okay. That was a bad joke. Okay, go ahead. No, there probably are people. Yeah, are some like, people are screaming. You at have us. to go spoiler before you say it. Okay, Whatever. well, you know. Okay. And the Maltese Falcon, that's, <laughs> that's even further. Maltese Falcon? <laughs> that's a long time ago. That's a movie. It's black and white with Humphrey Bogart. And, yeah. You know, that was, that was a big movie when my parents were young. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so once you understand Anakin's that's right. son is now holding him, and Anakin knows he's dying, and he says to his son, remove my mask so I can look at you not through the mask That's but right. with my own eyes. Yes. Now you get the overall thing. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> so why don't you give us an idea of, because most people hear what you're saying, but then they say, okay, but I don't. I mean, I'm, okay, this comes from Ezekiel. Well, I do know when Ezekiel, like people don't know that. So how, how would a person who does not have over, I'm a new Christian or even I'm not, but I just, I don't have a lot of Bible knowledge. Someone pulls something out of, let's just take Ezekiel for how would, how can people, and I know you have something in the outline. So how can people understand the context of the story of the Bible in a way that would be helpful? Well, the the context of all the Bible is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that everything in the Bible is leading to Jesus. And it's either on this side of Jesus, which is before Jesus, mm-hmm. it's at the time of Jesus, or it's after Jesus, mm-hmm. but everything's pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. If I were a new Christian and I read a verse and I don't know all of those things, first of all, I'd say to you, you need to be humble enough to begin to ask somebody how to begin to do those things. That's what mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Don't just assume that your plain reading that you felt in your heart was what it was is absolutely... Be a little humble Mm -hmm. and begin to try to understand that. But 
if you could understand the storyline of the Bible, and Dan, again, outlines it, and this is one we've all heard before. You guys want to walk through the storyline uh, uh, for people? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess the storyline we have here is uh, the first act is that God creates. So God creates the world, and it's good. He creates human beings, and it's good. The second act is man rebels. So mankind turns away from God's goodness, and uh, we sin. We, 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 we turn away from God. The third act is that God begins the redemption uh, get, begins the redemption process. So God begins at work to try and bring back His goodness into the world or His kingdom into the world, uh, and He works through people. So He works through uh, a man named Abraham, then Abraham's family that becomes the nation of Israel. And that's pretty much the whole Old Testament, except for the first two chapters of Genesis. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And then God, redemption is provided in Jesus, is mm-hmm. Act 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. The community of Jesus' followers take redemption to the world. Uh, that's, the, that's basically the rest of the Bible from that point, the New Testament, the letters of the New Testament, and the book of Acts, which detailed the church and how the church is working. But the truth is that's also where we're at right now in that's the story. Right. Yep. That's exactly right. Uh, and then the final one, which is really... Um, a couple of the epistles in, in the book of Revelation is redemption is complete, Jesus returns, and um, the kingdom of God comes fully mm, in Jesus. The world is set so, right. The where it's important is, so if I'm reading, a, we used the illustration of Jeremiah last time, or you read the violence in the Old Testament, or you read some of the stuff, you've got to then place it on this timeline. So... We used to use the illustration, if you walked into my house right after my kids dropped a bowl of a, a container of rice that had not been cooked and it's broken all over the floor, and you walked in while I'm cleaning that up, you might think, man, this guy keeps a really dirty house. Mm-hmm. And things, he's got glass on the floor, it's dangerous for his kids. Well, if you don't know beforehand, I had a really clean house and I provided a place for my kids to be safe, but they busted the the jar yeah and i'm now at work helping them clean it up training them how not to do all of that so it looks really messy and it doesn't look exactly the way that i wanted it to be in the beginning Mm. it really is important you place these verses in this process so there's some stuff that takes place in the middle of the old testament where god is cleaning stuff up Mm. he's working where people have gotten and sin has Sin has taken people down a path, and the world has gone down a really, really, really... I mean, the ancient world is so violent, yes. mm-hmm. it's hard for us to imagine how violent people are. Yes. So when you yeah. read the Old Testament say an eye for an eye, even people who aren't Christian realize that code began to civilize the world, not the way we hear, hear it and say, man, you mean if somebody... Could, it doesn't sound like justice that you would take a person's eye. Well, that's better if they knocked your eye out that you get to kill them. Hmm. Right. I mean, it's a... It was it, a restraint at that time. It's a restraining yes. of what people naturally do. And so, you know, you have these people that blood avengers would go out and you killed my brother. And so I get to hunt you down on the planet. And legally, mm-hmm. if I catch you, I can kill you and there's yep. nothing to it. So mm-hmm. the Bible begins to restrain that. Yes. To restrain mm-hmm. Cities that. of refuge. Yes, Remember that? right. Mm-hmm. So that we can have places. It's all a part of this redemption process. So you can't look at it and say, in that place, God said this and that was what he really wanted. 
wanted to have take place any more than you'd say when I say to my kids, hey, I want you to go over there and pick up that glass that you go, that guy's having a three-year-old ha- handle jagged glass. <laughs> That's what his final will was, was they handle jagged glass. No, it's in the redemption process. I'm, mm. I'm beginning right. to work with people. Then when Jesus comes, you see redemption begin to break out. Absolutely. And there are all these signs taking place to indicate a whole new kingdom. Is and coming. let's be clear, that's still ongoing yes. in, in the epistles, yes. uh, when, or the letters that we call them at the in, in the New Testament. And, and back to what you brought up last week, a lot of people point to some stuff in those uh, letters and say, well, see there, God's okay with slavery because they address slaves and masters. And... But then you continue to read the overall direction of that. They weren't condoning this. Right. They were they were trying to put limits on it. They were trying to work within the system. And then, of course, you come to the book of Philemon, where, um, you know, Paul writes in and says, hey, look, you know, this we need to free this guy. This right. this shouldn't happen. He's a you know he's a brother. He's a brother in Christ. We should treat him that way. This is what the way human beings ought to be treated. But he didn't come in and say, you know, all of it has got to go today. It's got because, to happen today. You got baptized. Yeah. You got he's, to do it all. He's, he's helping these folks come out of that because he understands where they are and what they can handle at the time. So my point is that that thing you just described doesn't just end in the Old Testament no. with Jesus. There's a process ongoing. Sure. No. And it continues today everywhere the gospel is and even in my own life. Yes. And I would hope every Christian sees this. There are things at 62 that I would not think of doing. But when I was 25 and I was a Christian, I didn't even know they were a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was fully trying to follow Jesus. Yes. I did not know they were a problem. But the redemptive nature of God is redemption has continued to break out in my life and in my family. And if we all continue down that path... It's that thing of generations, you know, (laughs) blessings go to generations, curses go to generations. If you have a family that's been deeply embedded in sin, it takes a while to untangle that in in the lives of people. Yes. So that's the nature of it. And then eventually redemption is complete. So when you read verses, again, even if you only have this of God created, man rebelled, God begins a redemption process, Jesus is the point where redemption begins to break out into the world, his community takes it out. If you can place those verses in that place, you can begin to see a little bit more of the storyline and see how does this verse fit into the story. All of Jesus has a backstory. Everything Jesus is saying has a backstory. The church has a backstory. Mm-hmm. The epistles have a backstory. They have a future in the timeline that they're pointing to. Mm-hmm. It's important to get that even if you don't understand all the things. So that's never read a Bible verse. You've got to get some of this timeline stuff going on yep. for there to be any sense out of it or you get tangled up a little bit. All right. Good stopping place right there. We'll, we'll get back into this later. Yep. Uh, I wanted to leave a little bit more time in uh, the podcast today uh, to tackle two questions uh, that were sent in. And like I said last week, uh, both of these questions came in together, but they were both on the same uh, topic. So I thought we'd do those together. They're on the topic of prayer. And um, here's uh, the, que- the first question I want us to talk about. Uh, the person asked, I've noticed that at Community Christian, sometimes you guys mention the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your prayers. Um, I've always been taught or thought 
that we were supposed to pray in Jesus' name. And so their question is, what, what is, how does that all fit? And how are we supposed to address God when we pray? And, and I'll just say um, right off the bat, I get where you're coming from. I was taught uh, growing up that, and it was it, wrongly so, that it was a mechanical thing almost, that if I didn't pray in Jesus' name every time, then somehow it didn't take or mm. it, it didn't get heard. And You couldn't just say amen. You can't just say amen. And so, and unfortunately to this day, I can't, I, I can't, almost can't do it. It's, it's so, it's been so ingrained in my mind and even my, I believe in my body that I don't even know that I've done it. I don't even think about it. Um, and I, and I don't think it's necessarily a great thing. (laughs) Um, so I will say to that point, the point that when Jesus is praying my name is not to give you a mechanical formula to follow. And I don't think any of these things that you've probably heard us do are meant to be taken that way. You guys see where I'm headed on that? I, I, I think, go ahead. I, I want to, I don't want to step on anything. So. Well, I just, I, I feel like, and I can be wrong. Whoever a- asked this question, I, I feel like maybe what's behind the question could be a, a sense of, well, I want to do it right, and oh, and I want to if I want to address God the right way, because if I don't, He won't hear me. So, do I call Him Father? Do I call Him Spirit? Do I talk to Jesus? Yeah, it, Who am I talking I to? Exactly, and you, that may very well be what the person. I hadn't thought about it that way. I was thinking. Now I could be wrong on no, that. No, honestly, I was thinking mechanically again, which is the wrong yeah. way to think about it. It is the idea that, and I have been tied up in there too of. I want to make sure I, I want to honor God. I mm-hmm. want to make sure I do it right. Yep. But the truth is, I've come to learn, it. I don't think there, you don't have to say Father at the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, when Jesus gives us that model, it's a model. Mm. And it is mm-hmm. that God is like a father to you, so mm-hmm. you can move toward him like a father. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, my kids rarely come to me and say, Father, I have something I would like right. to talk to you about. <laughs> right. You know that, but I listen to them, even though they don't address me as Father. So, and I don't think you have to end by in Jesus' name, nor do I think you have to end with Amen. Uh, right. Hmm. Is the, is well, the, Jesus doesn't in the Lord's Prayer. Right. right. So, is the is the section that I think people often take? And I'm just asking. I'm trying to think when people say that we're supposed to pray in Jesus' name. There's a place where Jesus says, "If you ask for things in my, in name, my name, they will happen. They will happen." <laughs> yeah. But what Jesus? But once again, Jesus then isn't saying that it's a formula that if you say anything in my and then say my name afterwards. The idea of praying in someone's name is in my likeness, in my that yeah. represents me in the spirit. It's like when we say. Uh, do everything as if you were doing it for the Lord. Yep. It's this idea of that when I pray, if I ask for something mm. that is also something Jesus wants to happen, mm-hmm. then that's going to... It's this that's idea right. of God saying it's the story of God wanting to partner with me to do something. So um, as you said about not making it mechanical, it isn't to say that if I put Jesus' name at the end of the prayer, God is somehow bound to do what I said to do, yeah. or if I forgot to say Jesus' name, yep. that's not the point. Um, I don't. I, I, my, I'll just say the reason that I often pray in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a reminder to me um, that 
most of my life, I have probably, because I only ever prayed in Jesus' name, I don't think of God as, as a community of love, a father, son, spirit. And uh, there are times in my life where I have thought of as the Holy Spirit is somehow lesser than. Mm-hmm. And then I know there are other, depending on what you're thinking, the Holy Spirit somehow becomes greater than, or the Father is greater. or the, There's all these different things. But for me, it's important when I pray, um, and I know in the morning prayers, uh, we've several times say Father, Son, Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reminder is I am, by praying, I am entering into the community of love that is Father, Son, and Spirit, which is what I was uh, designed to experience in First Peter. I believe it says that uh, we get to participate in the divine nature of God, that that's ultimately God's goal is that I participate in his divine nature is the Trinity. It is this idea that God is love. Well, God can only be love if God has something to love and God didn't need us to love. God is love because Father, Son, Spirit love. That's right. Mm-hmm. They yeah, are. God was love before we were created. Yes. Right. And, and so, so there was an object for that, which was mm-hmm. he Yes. They, they love their community is a community of love. Mm-hmm. So for for me, praying Father Son. But once again, it's not it's not mechanical. It's intentional. Right. It's a choice that I make every time when I pray to remind myself I am approaching a God of love that invites me to experience His love in real and tangible ways. And I believe that is praying in Jesus' name. I just don't say mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. That's right. Right. Because right. Jesus wanted me to have eternal life, which is knowing. God by knowing his son. Well, so he's and we know the way I know God the Father and God the Son is through God the Spirit. So that invitation there is an invitation into what some people might call trinitarian community. Hmm. It's to enter into God's community of love. And we have some written prayers of the apostles who don't include at the end of them in Jesus name. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and even, and I almost included this in the Sunday I preached about the Lord's Prayer. There are many who believe you should only pray the Lord's Prayer because Jesus says, teach, this is how you to pray. Yeah. But then all throughout the Bible, we see other people praying in different ways. And they yeah. never, no one else in the Bible prays the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And the two times that the Lord's Prayer is recorded, it's recorded differently. differently. Yeah. <laughs> people say, which version are you going to use? Well, right. if I was supposed to pray that, there can't yeah. be but one version. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So... Anyway. So I, I hope that uh, answers your question. I hope that, you know, because I, I sensed a, maybe a little pressure um, that you feel uh, sure. in that, like maybe I'm not doing it right. And yeah. I would say if uh, you are praying to God, you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say if you feel some of the stuff that what Jason was saying about the mechanical nature, I certainly have felt that because yeah. when I became a Christian, it was among a really conservative group that Me too. taught taught me there were very definitive right and wrong things to say and right and wrong mm-hmm. things that and I don't think they would have believed that I don't think they would have believed that if I didn't get it exactly right somehow God was mad at me but they sir did make a big point of making sure I did it a certain way and it hindered me a lot mm-hmm. because I thought it's hard to have a conversation with somebody that you're afraid you're going to say the wrong thing to sure. so, yes. <laughs> so I have got to a place and I had a person who had been one of my professors in college who eventually just became a friend and counselor who said to me, why don't you force yourself just to end with nothing? Mm-hmm. Just when you're done talking, just stop talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, 
the second question uh, about prayer is this. Uh, they say, can you elaborate on what it means when we pray, thy kingdom come in the Lord's prayer? Mm-hmm. So that, and we talked a lot on this podcast about the kingdom of God. And the reason we do that so much is because Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus did, that was his primary message going yes. around was the kingdom is, is now come. It is mm-hmm. here. Uh, but then there's that line in, the, in his prayer. It says we should then also pray for it to come. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what he was getting at when he talked about that. Well, don't you think, and I don't, maybe I'm wrong on this. I think first, because we, are, we don't live in what we think is a kingdom, the kingdom itself, we have to get clear in our mind. A king is a place where there's a king <laughs> and there are subjects. Yeah. And whatever the king wants is what everybody does. He gets, yeah. So Jesus is saying that God has a kingdom where whatever he wants takes place. Now, I have found that a lot of people think that's this world, Mm -hmm. that the world we currently live in is all God's kingdom and that what yeah. God wants always takes place on this planet. That's tough. Which is really, well, but the, you know, you and I both know, I know. people I know. say everything that happens to me, it's happening for a reason. Well, it is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. But you, maybe, if what you mean behind <laughs> that is it's happening for a reason that God himself intended to be the reason that that's happening. Yes. That's a whole nother discussion. That right. is. Yeah. That's right. That God got to pick every good and bad and evil and good thing that happened. That, that, I personally can't go there. No, me I, I personally can't go there. And Jesus, then you have to word, I believe it's Jesus or it's Paul that says that, that the evil one is the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. So a prince is like a king. He has a kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's getting what he wants. And there's a in lot some that places. indicates to me on this planet that a lot of what he wants has taken place. I think so. And so when Jesus came, and we had a question a few weeks ago about demons being cast out when the redemption begins to break in, Jesus begins to kick the, the king out of his... He said, hey, there's a new king. New king in I town. I know you're the prince, but the king has showed up. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to kick you out here. Yeah. So... What I'm praying when I pray the kingdom come is everywhere I am, instead of me doing what I want, I'm a subject of the king, and I'm trying to bring about the king's will. That's the way I think about it. Well, and I would point the person who asked the question to, um, and this is a very common thing in in when the Jewish people would speak, or or at least write, um, that they would do things in, in twos. So each phrase would be followed by a phrase that would then explain the phrase before. And I believe that's what Jesus is doing in the prayer when he says, pray, your kingdom come. And then he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a description of what your kingdom come means. I believe that's right. You're saying, God, I know you have a will of what you want to happen. And it is happening in the heavens. In heaven, you know they, that was the language you used. But right. I want it to happen here, where I am now, not in just the spiritual realm, but it bring that into the physical world. I want to see that as a reality, and whatever that looks like, God, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm in on it. 
I'm I'm available for it. In fact, I, I've said this in prayer time when I lead it in on, in the evening sometimes, and I'll lead uh, I'll lead us to pray through the Lord's prayer. But I pray it in my own words, and I've been doing that as a discipline for a long time. And what I tend to pray when I come to this section of the Lord's prayer is. God, let what you want to happen happen on earth and do it through me. Yep. Let it let your kingdom come start right here in my house, start in my sphere, my relational circles. Let the kingdom come in me and then through me. And so let my life be just an exercise in here's what God wants to happen in this world. And then I become this conduit to where God's will starts to flow and then redemption, as you described it, Ed, starts to break through in this world and I'm a part of it. Yeah, I get to be an instrument of God's redemption in this world. So when I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, that's, that's usually how I verbalize it in my prayer time. Yeah. Very similar to me. So Yeah, I agree with all that. Because I'm good. typically thinking, you know, God has a kingdom, but... I also have a kingdom, mm-hmm. my kingdom, and this is the way God designed it. God gave me the kingdom of my body sure. and my yeah. mind. Yeah. And what I'm saying to God is <laughs> what you have control over, I want to be me. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. kingdom to come fully in me so that everywhere I go, the kingdom is breaking out in as much as I can through my hands, my feet, my mouth, the, the way I act and move with the people I'm around, I want to see the kingdom break out. And I know this is this is more of you, you. You talked about this a little bit earlier, Ed, but this is more of a the way we tend to view God and how He works in His world. Of you know, when you say God gave us a kingdom, our own body. God intentionally chose not to invade my kingdom. Yep. He He gave me the chance to then surrender my kingdom to his and when I willingly do that he lovingly comes in and says oh that's that's what I've always wanted mm. and he comes in and then he does take control in the way that I allow him to oh yeah there are parts of your life that God yeah. will take every part you want you'll let him have but he will not take the parts you decide you do yes. not want to give over and I know that for some people, that's that they don't see God that way. They see God as you know the, the word sovereign gets used a lot, and that's not how God works. But I I, I believe that that's the, the I believe that really is what the Scripture teaches us that God is. You know, people used to say when I was a kid, you know, God's a gentleman. <laughs> mm-hmm. God's not going to enter in where He's not invited. Mm-hmm. God's not going to force in where He is not allowed. And so, if you will surrender. He will, he, will, he will lovingly, willingly take up residence in your heart and life and do all the things that you w- would like him to do if, if that's what you want. Yeah. But he won't do it any other way because he is, because of who he is, is, he is love, and love doesn't force itself upon anyone. That's right. And so that's the way God operates. So that's, that's a prayer. This prayer, that line, your kingdom come, is a prayer of surrender. I'm surrendering what you, you gave me this kingdom of mine to your will. And so you come on in and take it over. And um, so that's, that's the way I see it. God allows us to get precisely what we want. And so um, yes. if, if, if you don't like what you have right now, it's probably because it's what you actually want. Mm. Um, and so... I don't want to hear that. <laughs> don't tell me that. It's a harder truth than we want to deal I with. I know. 
but so that's that, that's probably that's true. brick wall truth right there. Yeah. Well, I Bam. think it's the I think it's the nature of the prayer. God, God the nature of the prayer is I don't want these things. So I pray it even if I don't want it. I know mm. there's a benefit to it. And I remember hearing one time, and I, I struggled with it for a long time. I think it's G.K. Chesterton or one of those old dead dudes. And he <laughs> really said, I, 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 I resolved to never pray a prayer I didn't mean or something like that. Mm. And I thought, man, that's a really good thought that I don't think I can do because I can't pray biblical because I don't mean this. Mm-hmm. I don't mean every day I want God's kingdom to come, but I want to want God's kingdom. There you go. That's right. There you go. And I don't, I want more than my daily bread and I want to control what's going to happen to my kids 20 years from now. But God says, you pray for today. If you have a test on Friday, you pray Monday to help me study. You don't pray to help me pass the test on Friday. Mm. You pray for today. And, so the the prayer is a way to shape what I want. Yeah, that I is, would actually sure. want mm-hmm. God's will to be done. Um, and if it, whatever I'm, whatever my life is producing is ultimately what I want, um, because I know how to get the other thing. I know how to lose weight. <laughs> I don't want to lose weight. Right. I want to be attractive. Yes. Yes. And I want you to find me attractive at whatever weight I am. Mm-hmm. So that'd be easier. Well, all right. <laughs> True. All right. I hope that answers your question. That, that's our. That's our. That's what we got. That's what we so got. If it didn't, you just ask another question. We'll we'll talk some more. <laughs> exactly. So. And and to, I haven't said this in a couple of weeks, but uh, I'll remind you if you're you know listening and watching and wondering how do I get a question in? Well, if you go to the description, either on your podcast app or on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link. Click that link, fill out that form. You can send us a question. You can do it anonymously if you prefer to do it that way. And uh, as soon as we get it. We will record it and do our best to answer it. So, all right. Next week, we'll come back. We'll do some more specific discussion on how not to read the Bible. And if you guys send us questions in the meantime, we'll have those as well. See you next time. Bye.